What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 44 of the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we are bringing sports back to life with a unique perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. We're coming at you live on Facebook. As always, please share this broadcast with your friends and family if you're just stopping in. Spam those Facebook emojis to react to my the things I say and, and let me know whether they are good, bad, or terrible. Um, or sad. I don't say many sad things, but if they are sad, please let me know with those emojis. Uh, but let's just get this party started. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 44 of the Abstract Sports Podcast. I just saw Jacob slash Tara join the show. Welcome to the show. We've got a lot to cover today. We're going to be covering everything from the uh, bracket NCAA bracket challenge results for the Abstract Sports 2018 group. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Masters and the you know PGA Professional Golf Association. We're also going to talk about some NBA 2K League. If you're not familiar with what 2K is, it's a video game actually. Uh, today was the draft for the 2K League and. I'm actually really excited about it. I, I forgot that the draft was today, and when it came up in my Twitter feed, I was, like, just beyond excited. You you could even ask my coworkers. Uh, as you can see, speaking of coworkers, you can see my, my workspace has changed a little bit. Um, we, we hired a new person here where I work, and so we've added another desk into my office, and it's – I wouldn't say it's crammed, but it's just – a little more full of stuff. Maybe my voice doesn't sound so echoey anymore because there's more stuff in here. Um, it makes for a more interesting backdrop. It's not so empty anymore. Um, but you know, the, the setup is always changing. I could end up taking this show back to my house. Um, heck I might even put it in my brother's basement. Who knows? <laughs> uh, just kidding, Michael, but seriously, you never know. Uh, <laughs> but I have a lot to talk about today. And for starters, I want to cover a little bit of the NCAA bracket challenge. I'm not going to talk too in depth about this. Um, again, I got to keep the episodes under an hour for anchor.fm. So let me just jump into this really quick. There were only four people out of the 21 that were in the abstract sports group for the tournament challenge who picked the champion. So <laughs> That right there tells you how bad we all did, but beyond that, like everybody in the country did really bad. Um, in fact, you had to do bad to do good this year because there were so many upsets. You had to be picking a lot of upsets uh, to to be at the top ranking on ESPN. Um, like for example, the the overall top guy, um, yeah. He had like 1,360 points or something like that. And the pe people in my group, well, no, that's not true. He had more than that. I don't know what he had, but it wasn't very many. Um, <laughs> so the tournament challenge, I will just announce it now. The winner of the Abstract Sports 2018 tournament challenge group was somebody by the name of, I believe it's Cardinal 1B. It's like capital C A R D N. L, the number one, and the letter B as in boy. Um, I'm actually not even sure who that is. I've asked a couple of people if it was them, and they told me it wasn't. So if you are Cardinal 1B, you are the winner of the Abstract Sports 
tournament challenge group, you need to email me at hello at abstractsports.com and we will hook you up with your $25 Amazon gift card as promised. So, again, if you are Cardinal 1B on ESPN, reach out to me uh, at Abstract Sports on any social media platform, drop a comment, and we, we'll just, we just need to verify that it was your account that won our group, and we will email you your $25 Amazon gift card to go shopping online for whatever the heck you want. Um, so, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. I mean, this let's just look at this guy's bracket, this person. I don't know if it's a man or a lady, but... There's a lot of red. They they got a lot wrong in their bracket. Um, but they did pick Villanova to win the championship, and that's what helped them seal the deal towards the end. Um, they actually had, let's see, one, two. They had three of the teams out of the final four correct, which is pretty tough, especially when there were only two number one seeds from one side of the bracket going all the way through and a number three and 11 seed in the final four on the other side. So... They did a really good job, <laughs> uh, but again, a lot of red. So kudos to Cardinal One B. Uh, thank you for t- everybody for for uh, participating in the Abstract Sports Group. Um, it's been a lot of fun this year, and I think it was a great start. You know, this is the biggest we've ever done it. We wanted to do this last year, but I just never got around to it because I, I was just so busy uh, building the website and everything else. So look forward to doing this again next year. Um, I want to make March Madness even more mad than we've done it this year. So look forward to that next March. Um, Until then, I'm pretty sure that's all I have to talk about for the tournament challenge. So let me talk about, before we talk about more basketball, let's break it up with a little bit of golf. And I don't have a golf animation, so I can't can't hit the golf animation. Uh, Let's just play the football one for fun. So the Masters is starting up this week. They're, they call this Masters Week, I guess. I think that's what it's called anyway. <laughs> um, also, I hope Stephen A is not talking over me. No, he's not. Okay. Ooh. Okay, we're good. So here is the schedule um, as I see it according to ESPN. Um, today is Wednesday, and according to their schedule for today, they were uh, doing Sports Center at the Masters from 12 to 3. So if you were miraculously in front of a TV from 12 to three, then congratulations. You may have watched the the masters on sports center. Uh, then they had the par three contest where they, they basically have people, you know, take their shot at making a hole in one on a par three. I think, uh, what's his name? Um, Nick, Nick, Jack Nicholson. No, I don't know. Somebody made a hole in one and it was kind of unexpected. It was like a, a caddy who made it. So that was pretty exciting. Then there's another guy who made a hole-in-one on a par three, and he, in celebration, tweaked his ankle. So a lot of a lot of stuff happening today in the golf world. Um, but then tomorrow you've got Sports Center at the Masters from 10 to 3, so a lot more coverage. And then uh, first-round coverage from 3 to 7.30 p.m. Friday you've got more from 10 to 3. Same stuff on Friday, same times and everything. you got third round on Saturday. Sunday is final round coverage. So... All the things are going for golf this week. This is the week you want to be watching for that sport. Um, you know, the the big news in golf that everybody is really excited about right now is just the fact that Tiger Woods is back. Um, and I guess at this point we could talk about the first take, your take discussion that they had on the Facebook group this week. Uh, so on Monday they presented the question, is Tiger Woods actually back? Like that was sort of the question, is he back? And 
the thing about the questions they keep asking is that they are so vague or so subjective. It, I mean, if you, you can, if you take them literally, you miss the point completely. <laughs> but that, I think that's just to stir up a conversation and stir, you know, cause a frenzy with people. And it kind of bugs me just because I know that they're doing that. But um, Michael on Facebook says he dislocated his ankle and popped it back into place. Are you serious? Man, <laughs> that's nasty. I've had a pretty bad rolled ankle once, but I don't think it was popped out of place. That's gnarly. Oh, geez. Yeah, Michael, like I said, he's got the whole week off, so he's just been watching golf, watching soccer, uh, watching all those other sports that are on during the day, like baseball. Jeez, <laughs> um, that, that's crazy, though. Dislocated his ankle. That's pretty gross. But um, the question this week about Tiger being back, the part that bugs me about it is like, okay, he qualified for the Masters. He's among the favorites to win it this year. And you're asking, is he back? It's like, yes, he's back because he made the cut. He's there. He is back. Because he is golfing in the Masters, he's back. doesn't even matter if he's competing. If you take their question literally, yes, he is back. He is competing for the Masters, okay? There's the quick answer. Like I feel like there's always a quick answer. Then there's a long form answer that they're looking for just for the debate of things. Um, and so to answer their question, it's kind of hard to tell if he's back in terms of the way that they want us to answer it. Uh, I think what they mean by is he back, meaning is his um, skill level back up to what it was um, before he was injured and had off the off the turf problems. I don't know what you say there off the turf for golf instead of off the court, off the field, um, off the course problems. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of hard to tell if he's back until he can succeed at that highest level. Um, you know, he's qualified. He's golfed really well. I've seen him chipping balls in from off the green, and he seems happy. He's he's happy to be back on the course. Um, but until he wins one of the majors – I don't think you can say that he is back back. Um, but once he does, um, you know, you, you can just continue that discussion of, is he the greatest golfer of all time? A lot of people would probably tell you, yes, he is. Um, and I, I think <clears throat> one stat that I do remember is, uh, I, th- I want to say it was John Daly. He, he won, he won a masters or like a major golf tournament at the age of like, what was it? Like 40, 49, Oh, geez, what was it? I don't. The, the The whole point of it was that there was a nine year span between his major wins, and one of them was in like his forties or fifties, and the other one was like nine years prior. And so they were looking at that as as a significant fact because it's not very often that somebody will come back and win in that old age because they have younger competitors that are coming at them, um, like Jason Day, uh, Jordan. I don't, even, I don't even know if Jason Day is in this one. But Jordan Spieth. Um, that's really the main guy that I can think of. I don't know golf guys. Okay. Phil Mickelson, Mr. Lefty. I know that guy. Um, but it's kind of cool to see Phil Mickelson and tiger, you know, in the same tournament. It's like old, old times. (laughs) Um, but I am, I'm excited for the game of golf just because tiger is back because that's what I grew up. I mean, in terms of golf, that's what I watched when golf was on. When tiger was playing, my dad had the TV on and he was glued to it. I don't think it was necessarily because of tiger, but that's when golf was exciting. And so because uh, 
just because Tiger's back, people are going to watch because they know what he has gone through and they want to see him succeed. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you know, he had like drug problems. He got pulled over and, uh, you know, arrested, taken to jail. He had uh, girl issues where he like, he didn't, didn't he like drive his vehicle into a tree or something? Oh, geez. There's just so much stuff going on, cheating on his wife, affairs. Well, these are things that like the lower tier human beings go through. It's things that we hear about every day. You know, somebody, you know, went through something like that or whatever. Um, and it's on a more human level. And so when you see somebody like Tiger Woods go from being potentially greatest golfer of all time down to, you know, stooping to the lowest of the low levels of human life. Um, and then coming back from that, it kind of shows resiliency in, as a human and what you can do, what you can go through and, and, and prevail and still come out on top. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that because they have problems in their own lives. And so if they think, if they can see perhaps one of their idols in, in Tiger Woods start at the top, go all the way down to the bottom and then make it back up to the top, then I think that that gives those kind of people some hope that they can come out of that hole as well. So, I mean, how's that for some golf talk? I mean, there's, there's definitely some things you can bring, bring out of that. I mean, golf is one of those sports that I can relate to my life in a big way because I go golfing a lot in the summertime. It's kind of like a lifestyle thing. You go to have a couple beers with the guys on the golf course, or, you know, it doesn't have to be guys, whoever's on the golf course, go have a couple beers, have good conversation, joke around, um, and try your best at something that is very difficult to do, AKA golf. (laughs) Um, there's a lot of muscle memory and a lot of practice that has to go into that sport to be successful at it. And it's very frustrating because of that, because you feel like you've put in a lot of work to try and get better. And then you don't, um, sorry, my phone's kind of blowing up. Just checking some notifications. Uh, we're good, man. I'm so excited about the next topics upcoming, but you know, golf is really exciting right, right now. So if you've, if you're a fan of golf, I definitely recommend you look at the TV screen, watch some golf. Uh, right now is kind of a happening time for the sport. It's sort of a, uh, I wouldn't call it a transitional period where, you know, Tiger Woods is back, but it, there's no telling how long he's going to be back for. He's still kind of older. Um, he could probably golf for another 10 years if he stayed healthy. Um, you know, he may not be successful, but you never know when he's going to disappear. And when he disappears, that's a big name in the sport of golf that's going away. And the sport is going to need to find a new icon to um, to help them stay afloat. I just feel like golf went underground when Tiger went underground. So the Masters is starting up this week. They're, they call this Masters Week, I guess. I think that's what it's called anyway. <laughs> um, also, I hope Stephen A is not talking over me. No, he's not. Okay. Woo. Okay, we're good. So here is the schedule um, as I see it according to ESPN. Um, today is Wednesday, and according to their schedule for today, they were uh, doing Sports Center at the Masters from 12 to 3. So if you were miraculously in front of a TV from 12 to 3, then congratulations, you may have watched the, the Masters on Sports Center. Uh, then they had the Par 3 contest where they, they basically have people you know, take their shot at making a hole-in-one on a Par 3. I think, uh, what's his name? Um, Nick, Nick, Jack Nicholson. No, I don't know. Somebody made a hole in one and it was kind of unexpected. It was like a, a caddy who made it. 
So that was pretty exciting. Then there's another guy who made a hole in one on a par three, and he, in celebration, tweaked his ankle. So a lot of a lot of stuff happening today in the golf world. Um, but then tomorrow you've got Sports Center at the Masters from 10 to 3, so a lot more coverage. And then uh, first round coverage from 3 to 7:30 p.m. Friday you've got more from 10 to 3. Same stuff on Friday, same times and everything. You got third round on Saturday. Sunday is final round coverage. So. All the things are going for golf this week. This is the week you want to be watching for that sport. Um, you know, the the big news in golf that everybody is really excited about right now is just the fact that Tiger Woods is back. Um, and I guess at this point we could talk about the first take, your take discussion that they had on the Facebook group this week. Uh, so on Monday they presented the question, is Tiger Woods actually back? Like that was sort of the question, is he back? And the thing about the questions they keep asking is that they are so vague or so subjective. It, I mean, if you, you can, if you take them literally, you miss the point completely. <laughs> but I think that's just to stir up a conversation and stir, you know, cause a frenzy with people. And it kind of bugs me just because I know that they're doing that. But um, Michael on Facebook says he dislocated his ankle and popped it back into place. Are you serious? Man, <laughs> that's nasty. I've had a pretty bad rolled ankle once, but I don't think it was popped out of place. That's gnarly. Oh, geez. Yeah, Michael, like I said, he's got the whole week off, so he's just been watching golf, watching soccer, uh, watching all those other sports that are on during the day, like baseball. Jeez, <laughs> um, that, that's crazy, though. Dislocated his ankle. That's pretty gross. But um, the question this week about Tiger being back, the part that bugs me about it is like, okay, he qualified for the Masters. He's among the favorites to win it this year. And you're asking, is he back? It's like, yes, he's back because he made the cut. He's there. He is back. Because he is golfing in the Masters, he's back. doesn't even matter if he's competing. If you take their question literally, yes, he is back. He is competing for the Masters, okay? There's the quick answer. Like I feel like there's always a quick answer, then there's a long-form answer that they're looking for just for the debate of things. Um, and so to answer their question, it's kind of hard to tell if he's back in terms of the way that they want us to answer it. Uh, I think what they mean by is he back, meaning is his um, skill level back up to what it was um, before he was injured and had off-the-turf off the problems. I don't know what you say there off the turf for golf instead of off the court, off the field, um, off the course problems. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of hard to tell if he's back until he can succeed at that highest level. Um, you know, he's qualified. He's golfed really well. I've seen him chipping balls in from off the green, and he seems happy. He's he's happy to be back on the course. Um, but until he wins one of the majors – I don't think you can say that he is back back. Um, but once he does, um, you know, you, you can just continue that discussion of, is he the greatest golfer of all time? A lot of people would probably tell you, yes, he is. Um, and I, I think <clears throat> one stat that I do remember is, uh, I, I want to say it was John Daly. He, he won, he won a masters or like a major golf tournament at the age of like, what was it? Like 40, 49, Oh, geez, what was it? I don't know. The, the, the whole point of it was that 
there was a nine year span between his major wins and one of them was in like his forties or fifties and the other one was like nine years prior. And so they were looking at that as, as a significant fact because it's not very often that somebody will come back and win in that old age because they have younger competitors that are coming at them. Um, like Jason day, uh, Jordan's, I don't even even know if Jason day is in this one, Jordan Spieth, um, that's really the main guy that I can think of. I don't know golf guys. Okay. Phil Mickelson, Mr. Lefty. I know that guy. Um, but it's kind of cool to see Phil Mickelson and Tiger, you know, in the same tournament. It's like old, old times. <laughs> um, but I am, I'm excited for the game of golf just because Tiger is back because that's what I grew up. I mean, in terms of golf, that's what I watched when golf was on. When Tiger was playing, my dad had the TV on and he was glued to it. And I don't think it was necessarily because of Tiger, but that's when golf was exciting. And so because uh, just because Tiger's back, people are going to watch because they know what he has gone through and they want to see him succeed. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you know, he had like drug problems. He got pulled over and, uh, you know, arrested, taken to jail. He had uh, girl issues where he like, he didn't, didn't he like drive his vehicle into a tree or something? Oh, geez. There's just so much stuff going on, cheating on his wife, affairs, well, these are things that like the lower tier human beings go through. It's things that we hear about every day. You know, somebody, you know, went through something like that or whatever. Um, and it's on a more human level. And so when you see somebody like Tiger Woods go from being potentially greatest golfer of all time down to, you know, stooping to the lowest of the low levels of human life um, and then coming back from that, it kind of shows resiliency in as a human and what you can do, what you can go through and, and, and prevail and still come out on top. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that because they have problems in their own lives. And so if they think, if they can see perhaps one of their idols in, in Tiger Woods start at the top, go all the way down to the bottom and then make it back up to the top, then I think that that gives those kind of people some hope that they can come out of that hole as well. So, I mean, how's that for some golf talk? I mean, there's, there's definitely some things you can bring, bring out of that. I mean, golf is one of those sports that I can relate to my life in a big way because I go golfing a lot in the summertime. It's kind of like a lifestyle thing. You go to have a couple beers with the guys on the golf course, or, you know, it doesn't have to be guys, whoever's on the golf course, go have a couple beers, have good conversation, joke around, um, and try your best at something that is very difficult to do, AKA golf. (laughs) Um, there's a lot of muscle memory and a lot of practice that has to go into that sport to be successful at it. And it's very frustrating because of that, because you feel like you've put in a lot of work to try and get better. And then you don't, um, sorry, my phone's kind of blowing up. Just checking some notifications. Uh, we're good, man. I'm so excited about the next topics upcoming, but you know, golf is really exciting right, right now. So if you've if you're a fan of golf, I definitely recommend you look at the TV screen, watch some golf. Uh, right now is kind of a happening time for the sport. It's sort of a, uh, I wouldn't call it a transitional period where, you know, Tiger Woods is back, but it, there's no telling how long he's going to be back for. He's still kind of older. Um, he could probably golf for another 10 years if he stayed healthy. Um, you know, he may not be successful, but you never know when he's going to disappear. And when he disappears, that's a big name in the sport of golf that's going away. And the sport is going to need to find a new icon to um, to help them stay afloat. I just feel like golf went underground when Tiger went underground. I'm going to uh, kind of 
shift gears here a little bit, and I want to tell you guys sort of a plan I have uh, going down the road with this podcast. Um, you know, I, I do have some pretty cool insight and pretty cool perspectives um, on all different things about sports. It's not really just any one sport, but just how sports can relate to real life and um, what it what sports can do for the human condition. And I, while I love sharing those things, I also find myself trying to make up things about other sports that I don't know too much about to uh, get my point across. And like when football season's around, I feel like I'm really struggling trying to get myself together. And like I, I kind of fake things sometimes and I just don't feel like it's my authentic way of doing things. It's not how I want to do it. Um, so just know that somewhere down the road, I'm not entirely sure where, but I have a feeling that this podcast, I'm going to actually divert from the Abstract Sports Podcast. I'm going to give my podcast a new name, um, and it's going to be mostly about basketball. But don't fear. Do not fret. I will still give you content about other sports. It'll just come in a different format. And my reasoning for that is it'll be just more valuable for the Abstract Sports brand. Um, for example, um, the podcast is going to be all about basketball. I can talk about that stuff forever, whether it's the NBA, whether it's college, or even the NBA 2K uh, league that's just getting underway uh, in, a, in a couple of months or month and a half or whatever it is. Um, and so I can turn basketball into a weekly one-hour podcast, maybe even less, um, I just find that people are taking in content in smaller amounts. And so I don't want to blow, I don't want to fluff up my podcast just to cover a bunch of sports and hope I'm getting people to follow. I would rather talk about things that I know the most about and bring the most value because of that um, with the podcast. So the Abstract Sports Podcast will still be a thing. Whenever we do an episode that has that pertains to multiple sports, we will we will put it under the Abstract Sports Podcast name. But my my basketball podcast is going to be called something else, like you know all these shows you see on ESPN, like The Jump, or another one I've seen that I really liked, but it's taken is like From Downtown, you know something that some phrase that has to do with the sport of basketball, and I'm going to talk about just basketball on there. So I don't know how far out that is. Um, you know I I would love to try and get other people on my team to um, perhaps do their own podcast segments about different sports that they enjoy the most. Um, that way we could be getting some content in those areas, but I'm also able to focus on something that I really enjoy and can, and, and can provide a lot of value in, which is basketball. Um, and the, the tough part is we, we can't like pay people. <laughs> we don't have any money. Obviously we're just a little startup thing. So if you enjoy talking about sports, if it's maybe about football or soccer, or baseball, or golf, whatever it is, bowling, I don't care. Um, if you have enough insight that you can start a podcast about it, or even just write about it, uh, let me know, and uh, we can find a way to get you involved. Um, it might be just a good way for you to figure out how podcasting works, and then you can go off on your own and start your own thing. Um, but I'm always looking to get some help in different areas so that we can expand. Now to jump into uh, the topic that I'm actually really stoked about. Uh, we'll kick it off with a little bit of an update on the NBA. So the NBA, oh, sorry, I have to do I have to do something real fast. Let me do this transition. Hold your horses. Here it comes. Nice. 
Um, I noticed actually in the last episode, I ended up using a baseball animation transition instead of the basketball one. Uh, they're right next to each other in my my program here, and they the spelling is very similar. You know, basketball and baseball. There's two missing letters from one, and it's and they're right next to each other, so it's easy for me to click the wrong one. But there are only there's only one week left of the regular season in the NBA. Can you guys believe that? Like that that kind of blows my mind a little bit because it seems like it was just yesterday that Gordon Hayward broke his ankle. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's just weird that the end of the season is upon us. I've already noticed that the Lakers are out of contention with the, of the playoffs since uh, like a week ago. And now the Jazz have jumped up to the fourth spot from the 10th spot just a couple of short weeks ago. Um, the West is pretty tight in those bottom seeds. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this all pans out because just a couple days ago, the Jazz were the number six seed and they were going to be playing the Portland Trailblazers. Now they're the number four seed and they could be playing somebody else. I don't remember who it was, but yeah. So, I mean, if that, that flux in positioning over the last couple weeks doesn't tell you anything about the, the state of basketball and the competition that there is in the different conferences, I don't know what will. That's that's pretty dang close. Um, and, you know, every team has about five games left. Um, you know, some, some teams haven't played their – that could be a game off here and there. But about there's about five games left in general. And in seven days, the regular season will be over and the playoff seeds will be locked in and postseason will be underway. The most exciting time of the year for me. I love playoff basketball. So really looking forward to that. But in the meantime, there's something else that's happening in the basketball world that's a little bit more under the radar for some people. But it's something that I'm definitely paying attention to because it's going to have a huge impact on uh, the sport of basketball in general. So I don't know how many of you out there, I know Michael here in the comments plays this game, but there's a game called NBA 2K. Uh, this franchise started a long time ago. Um, let me actually look it up. NBA 2K. There's got to be like a wiki on this. Uh, where is it? Here we go. So NBA 2K started back in 1999. It was the initial release, and shout out Wikipedia for bringing the notes up. Um and it, 2K was initially on the Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> and this is, if anybody's been involved with gaming, you know, when I say these types of things like Dreamcast, you're going to be taken back a little bit. You're going to be like, whoa, that was so long ago, man. Um, but back in 99, when NBA 2K came out, Allen Iverson was the cover athlete. Um there was some uh, commentary by Bob Steele and Rod West. I don't even know who those guys are. Um, holy, that's so crazy. And so you can imagine if NBA 2K came out in 99, they were kind of trying to play off of like the turn of the millennium, you know, going into the 2000s. They wanted it to be like a game that broke into the millennium and they kind of took it by storm. Well, they kind of did. It took them a long time. But with the way technology has been improving and growing, um, with the you know, with the way that Twitch streaming and online gaming entertainment has grown, 2K freaking blew up. I don't know how else to put it. 
like when 2K17 came out and the way that you could select, um, oh man, I'm going to get into so many different things that people don't even know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> basically, over the last two years, NBA 2K sort of revolutionized the way that they do their, they made their game and it made it so much more interactive and it fed right into a competitive atmosphere, um, into this thing that has been developed just this year called the NBA 2K League. Um, so long, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to explain. So obviously there's the NBA where they have 30 teams and each team is made up of five starting players and then a supporting role of bench players anywhere from like five to eight is typically the number. So you have like about 13 players per team. Well, NBA 2K is it's basically just a recreation of the NBA in a game. You get to play with your favorite players, your favorite teams. Um, you can even have a My Career mode where you uh, go through this storyline going from high school to college and then getting into the NBA. Um, and the storyline's different every year. Like 2K17, for example, you get drafted into the league. This year in 2K18, the storyline had you being an undrafted free agent and then getting drafted to a certain team. Um, and you get to choose the different things that you say throughout the career, and it turns you into a certain type of player. Um, but one thing that they did over the last couple of years that really set it apart from the other 2K games in the past is that you're able to create your own player archetype. And what that means is, for example, you have five different positions in basketball. you got point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. And each of those positions kind of have different roles. So you could be a, a point guard that is mainly a passer, like a John Stockton or a Steve Nash, not necessarily a scorer. Or you could be somebody like Steph Curry or Damian Lillard, where your primary goal is to score the ball, and it's usually from the three-point line. You could be an athletic point guard like a Russell Westbrook. And so they have different, different archetypes for that position based on what that position is known for in the league, in the, act, in the real league in real life. Um, and a lot of these terminology, these phrases, uh, kind of carries over into the other positions as well. For example, my guy in NBA 2K18 is a playmaking slasher, which means that I am my my role is to drive the ball into the lane and pass the ball out to an open teammate, or cutting through the lane without the ball, trying to get open so that I can score which means that most of my scoring is meant to come from down low in the paint or mid-range. So that's pretty much where I score all, score all my points is at the rim or you know mid-range shot. Never, I, I rarely shoot threes unless I'm wide open. And depending on what type of archetype you choose, that's what determines where you're going to be the most effective. So if you are a um, playmaking shot creator, then you are known for getting open, dribble moves to get open, and finding teammates when they're open. If you're like a sharpshooter, that means you shoot from three. Um, so there's there's a lot of different things that go into it. And if you're familiar with basketball, um, some of those words probably rung a little rung some bells in your head. Um, but they've put all of these things into types of players, and it's changed the way the game is played. It makes it more realistic, and it makes it easier to put into a competitive atmosphere because people can. Uh, play different roles, play to their strengths, and try to win tournaments and things like that. So, oh, hi, Alice. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming through, uh, talking about some NBA 2K League. 
So today was the NBA 2K League draft. Um, Twitter played a huge role in sharing the news about the 2K League draft. Uh, so that's primarily how I found out that it was going on today because I had it in my schedule. I had it like marked in my calendar, but I totally spaced it. And so um, I checked my Twitter this morning and I saw that the, the draft was about to start. Uh, and it was crazy. Uh, welcome to the show, Darren, talking about some NBA 2K action. Um, so the way that they set this up, it's it's a eSports, you know, competitive gaming league. And the cool thing about this that sets it apart from other competitive games it, that, is that it's like the first of its kind, really, that is piggybacking off of the sport that the game is representing. So you have the NBA, who is already a huge partner with NBA 2K, the gaming franchise. So with the way that online streaming and uh, gaming entertainment has grown with Twitch and other streaming platforms, um, even on Facebook, you can you can stream your game to Facebook now with the technology we have. Um, and because of that growth, um, according to the the live broadcast this morning, the um, some people were talking about how this came up, and they and Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, and uh, oh geez, who is the 2K commissioner, NBA 2K commish? Let's see, what is his name? So Adam Silver is the commissioner of the NBA, but there's another guy who's like the president of the NBA 2K franchise, the gaming platform. Him and Adam Silver had a discussion. It just kind of bubbled up naturally because of gaming entertainment getting so big they're like why don't we start a league for these these guys so they can compete at the highest level as professionals it makes makes so much sense and they came out with this idea just like maybe last year or it might have been beginning of this year um and so the way that they did it is they used 2k18 as the game to help promote the um, recruiting process for finding the most talented players in the game um, th- out there, like just finding them and giving them a place to compete and show what they're worth. And so the first step is that you had to, there's this game mode in, in NBA 2K called Pro-Am. And this is like, basically you go to this venue in the game um, and if you can imagine, it's kind of like you're running around this little world. It's called the neighborhood. And there's a building that says the venue or the arena, whatever it is. I don't remember what it, what it's actually called. You go in there and you can play pickup games with strangers from all over the place, like real people in the game. Um, so you would put together a five-person team. You'd go against another five-person team, and you're playing against a bunch of strangers from anywhere in the world, really. And the first step in becoming a... Um, available in the draft for the NBA 2K league is that you had to win, I think 40 or 50. I think you had to win 50 pro-am games or something like that. And if you did that, you qualified. And then from there, they cut that, like they, they had a number of like 72,000 entrants um, up to that point. Michael on Facebook says, I'm just now catching on. It's uh, it's of people who play the game. Yeah, 
I think I know what you're saying. Like the game is really hard to get down. It's really, it's really challenging. Like I've played the game for several years on end now, like three or four. I've got, I've bought the, the game year after year after year. And I wouldn't consider myself that great. Um, because I, it's when you play online, you have to have great internet connection. First of all, if you don't, you lag and it's not like you're, you're at your best because you're not moving at the same rate other players are. So it's kind of almost like a pay to play or a pay to win where you have to have um, great internet connection. Uh, Michael says it's their created character. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just crazy. So anyways, they started out with 72,000 entrants. They whittled that down to 250 of the best players from that pool. Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm not, I'm not sure at which point if it was when they had 72,000 or when they had 250, but basically they had them go and what they called it the, the 2k league combine or something like that. Where it's, it's kind of like a, a legit tryout for your character. And it was like a gauntlet of games. You had to play at least 40 games so that they can generate stats for your character to go off of for the draft and to determine if you're going to be made available for the draft. So after they had it down to 250, from there they reduced it down to what was initially going to be 85 players. And those 85 players were would automatically get drafted. They get drafted and uh, they basically they form a five-man squad. When you get drafted, you get drafted to an NBA team who is affiliated with the 2K League. And then you actually pick up, you pack your bags and you move to the city where that team is. So just to take a quick step back, they had it at 85 because that's, um, there were, there are 17, I don't know why I said two, I'm pointing, I'm making a two finger symbol towards the camera. I mean, there were 17 teams for the first season who, uh, you know, okay, let me rephrase this, man, I'm getting all kinds of caught in my words in my head only 17 of 30 teams in the nba decided to jump on board with the nba 2k league there's only 17 teams and they were going to have five man squads 17 times 5 is 85 but they decided they should probably have a backup guy just in case one guy gets like pneumonia or something has to go to the hospital he can't play you know whatever it is because you know as with gaming you can pretty much do it from anywhere where you have internet but it's probably good to have a backup just in case. It also adds a little more strategy in terms of the draft and uh, having a role player to come off the bench and fill the gap um, and and to have a guy take a break or something. So um, with that increase of, to a six-man roster, they now have – there were 102 spots available. So if you are in the top 102 players in the world – then you are going to get drafted in the NBA 2K League to one of the 17 teams that were available. And they did a snake draft. So that means you know, it starts with the number one pick, goes down to 17, and when you get down to the bottom at 17, it just wraps around. So the number 17 from the first round gets to go first in the second round, go back up to number one for the last pick of the second round. So <coughs> if you've done a fantasy draft of any kind, you've probably done a snake draft. But... It's just crazy to me because really all you have to do, I mean, first first of all, these guys who play at the top level like this, they've been playing NBA 2K for 
like a decade. A lot of them, at least five to ten years, have been playing the game competitively in some form or fashion. And so it's kind of hard to beat guys like that. Uh, But you're kind of also competing against yourself because you uh, have to put in a lot of time. You have to grind a lot to have played all the games required to be even noticed on their, on their, on their sheets. So if you just like put in all the time and you happen to be good enough for whatever reason, and then you get down to the 102, you're going to get drafted and get to go play as a professional gamer for an NBA team. You have to think about it this way. These, these gaming, like the NBA 2k teams for the 2k league are affiliated with the NBA team that decided to jump on board. And so I'm actually going to pull this up really quick. Um, Let me see here. Um, Sorry. I'm just going to name off the teams really quick for you. Uh, There we go. So there are 17 teams, and here they are. These, These are their actual team names. 76ers GC. I think that stands for Gaming Club. And then you have Blazer 5 Gaming, which is the Portland Trail Blazers affiliate. Bucks Gaming, Milwaukee Bucks. Cavs Legion GC. Celtics Crossover Gaming. Grizz Gaming, so Memphis Grizzlies. Miami, so for the Miami Heat affiliate is Heat Check Gaming. Jazz Gaming. Kings Guard Gaming, who is, I think Shaq is the GM of that team, which is pretty awesome. Any of the players who got drafted today, by by the Kings Guard got drafted by Shaq. Um, Knicks Gaming, Magic Gaming, Mavs Gaming, Pacers Gaming, Pistons GT, probably like gaming team or something like that. Raptors Uprising GC, Warriors Gaming Squad, and Wizards District Gaming. So those are the 17 teams in it. Um, they all drafted a six-man roster. And because of the draft and how how big this is going to get, this is going to be so massive. It's going to be like the NBA, but on a smaller scale. And it's just going to keep growing. It's going to get big, I'm telling you. And so I've started making pages for all these teams on the Abstract Sports website, on abstractsports.com, so that I can start collecting all the information for these teams and giving people a place to search and find it on our website. Because it's going to be huge. And because I love basketball, it makes it extra fun for me. (laughs) Plus, I love NBA 2K, so it's kind of like a win-win. But you have to think about it. Like They actually had a couple of guys from Europe get drafted, so they have to move to the United States to play for their team. You have guys who are like born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and they actually did the draft at Madison Square Garden in this little, uh, little theater. And these guys who were born and raised in Brooklyn, some of them actually got drafted by the Knicks so that they can stay home where they're comfortable and ha- and help build team chemistry with their guys who are not from New York. Um, and they get to play for the Knicks franchise affiliate, uh, Knicks Gaming. So sort of like a home home court advantage in a way where you could get drafted by a team where you're from and you can have that um, – upper hand on the other teams because because you have somebody from the area uh somebody who's comfortable with that area and can show their teammates around and make them feel more comfortable and at home and so i think there were like two guys from one city who got to play for the same team so and 
And a lot of these guys also played competitively together in different tournaments and won big cash prizes for it, talking like 250K, um, which is like what happened before um, before the 2K League. There were just big tournaments they would put on. And so you have guys who were teammates from those leagues who got drafted to the same team. I think communication and uh, team chemistry are going to play a more important role than anything when it comes to uh, assembling these teams. And so today they did a live Twitch stream, which only makes sense for the NBA 2K League. They they live broadcast the draft from Twitch. And so all throughout my workday, I just kind of had that playing in my ear and uh, got to, like, while it was playing, I'd hear something important and I would, like, put out a little tweet about it. Um, managed to get a few of the players from different teams to follow back and uh, – I started putting together a directory of all the teams and the players on the different teams. Uh, it's just a great opportunity for media to get involved because nobody knows who these guys are. These guys are coming from all different kinds of backgrounds. Like there wasn't one, there were no guys from Idaho just for the record. Um, but there were so many guys from different areas, a guy from Puerto Rico, even a lot of guys from New York, LA area, Arizona, Dallas, Texas area. So, um, Michael on Facebook says, so as a podcaster, you need to get yourself into this 2K league, start practicing. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, that's the thing. I don't think that I'm ever going to be good enough at 2K to be able to do that. Maybe five years down the road if I really step my game up. But I think I can get into the 2K league as a media coverage guy. Like because I am a podcaster, I could be a guy that they go to uh, for news, you know? And so that's kind of another, like going back to me talking about how I would like to go and like branch off and do my own uh, basketball podcast. 2K League would be a big part of that because it's going to be big. And being in the live broadcasting area or like arena makes sense for me to go into a 2K League broadcasting area. So that's where I think I need to practice more and, and get on top of my game and get to know these guys. So I thought it was important for me on the Abstract Sports Twitter account to go out and follow these guys, follow the teams, follow the league, retweet the important things and try to get followed back and then put out articles and podcasts and segments about these teams and how I think they can succeed so that I can become a reliable source of information for the league and the people who like to watch it. And so the whole idea is like I want to put myself in a situation where I can uh, be successful covering something about sports or getting involved in the sports arena. And this is one area that I'm like, there's a lot of potential here because it's so new. It's like in its infantile stages, they're willing to do anything. And because I have a design background, that probably helps a little bit. But the thing that I'm most excited about is just how real this is. I mean, you've got to think about it. These guys are coming from their different backgrounds. They had they had regular jobs. Most of them did anyways regular nine to five jobs working as like delivery guys. There was one guy who told a story. He's like, I can't believe this. You know, a couple of years ago I was, a, I was a delivery guy. I would deliver packages to the Madison square garden area and around here. And, you know, being from New York, getting drafted by the Knicks, I get to play in the same area. And it's a totally, it's a, it's a career change. Most of these guys do have to pack their bags and move to a different area. And, <clears throat> The thing that is so smart about this is they each team is going to be, um, you know, 
they're going to be living in the same house. They're going to be like roommates. And most of these guys are on like a six month contract. So basically what that means is the season goes from about May to August. And at the end of the season, they're going to be doing another draft to bring in new talent if they need it. And I imagine, you know, there's going to be some sort of um, overturn to get out players who didn't do that well um, and bring in new talent. So it's going to be a recurring thing, and it's only going to grow. There's 17 teams that participated this first year, probably just to see how it goes. But they're stupid. If I think all of those teams who didn't participate are stupid. It's such a huge revenue opportunity. Um, not only is it going to be entertaining for people, but now kids can uh, buy merchandise for their fa- from their favorite gamers. They can buy hats. And actually, it's kind of like an alternative hat, like alternative logos for these different teams that are more like gaming-oriented, gaming-style, not so much sports, authentic sports logos. You know what I mean? So there's a revenue side of it, advertising, entertainment could get televised at some point, but there's also 30 teams that are available. And to top it off, they're doing it at an alternating time from the NBA uh, regular season schedule. So... They start up in May when, you know, the NBA season is coming to an end of the playoffs and they're going to use it as a transition period to push people who watch basketball over to the 2K League to watch that. And a lot of it's probably going to be free to watch on Twitch. So why not? (laughs) But just I have to go back to the point that these guys are coming from regular nine to five jobs. They're moving away from their families or bringing their family with them. Who knows? It's. Like there were guys who had scholarships in college and they dropped it to go do this. And that's one of those things where uh, it's kind of like there were a couple guys who said, I don't condone it, but this sounds like a really fun thing for me to do in my life. I can always go back to college. And that's one thing I tell people I know. It's never too late to go back to college. And this is one of those once in a lifetime opportunities. You get to go play for an NBA team. Essentially, you get you probably get to meet the players. Like imagine playing for the Cavs, the Cavs Legion GC you get probably get to meet LeBron James. If you're playing for the Warriors squad, you're probably going to get to meet Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, KD. Like, it's such a life changer for these people. It'd be stupid to turn it down if they got offered a spot. Then again, they wouldn't put in all that work if they didn't want it. So, I don't know if you can tell, but I am really stoked about the NBA 2K League. I think this is going this will revolutionize esports. It's kind of like esports sports because it's like the first of its kind that's going to be as big as it is. And in one of my past podcasts I mentioned how uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out and said that the NBA or basketball in general is starting to become America's sport. It's moving away from football and I think he's very He's, he's on point with that statement. And so the NBA taking this opportunity with technology advancing to where it is and the state of things in the sports world and how influential the NBA and the basketball culture can be, starting an E-League or a 2K League for competitive gaming is the smartest thing they've done in a long time. So I wouldn't be surprised if all 30 teams are on board next year um, I mean, there's a lot of things about this league that I do not know. I, I only know of a few of the gamers who got selected in the draft today. Um, but I plan to get to know each one of them by watching games. Um, 
and playing 2K and who knows, maybe I can develop my game and become a professional 2K league gamer. <laughs> like Michael is saying, um, that would be cool, but I'm also going to be covering it like this. Um, and in other, other ways, of course, um, it's just, it would be a missed opportunity for me if I didn't try and cover it. Just like it would be a missed opportunity for those hardcore gamers who pursued their, their dreams of w earning money while playing uh, a game. <laughs> um, I actually saw a stat. Let me go see if I can find it on Twitter. I don't know if I, I don't know if I retweeted this one or not, but it kind of talked about um, the different, like income, what what types of things was were covered with the NBA 2K league. Um, I may have retweeted it. Let me go see if I can find it here. Um, I mean, it's so cool. You got you got their the gaming team Twitter accounts uh, saying go follow our guys, and it's just a tweet with all their handles on it. Um, <clears throat> there's got to be okay. Here we go, and this is courtesy of Cycle. You can follow them at bycycle on Twitter. Bycycle. Uh, their tweet says getting paid to play 2K. This is incredible. 2K League players by the numbers. These players earn 32 to 35,000 over 6 months. Okay? Think about how much you make in a year right now in your one jobs, two jobs, whatever you do. <clears throat> now imagine 70k a year. On, uh, you know, on average. That's how much these players are making at the most 70 K a year, but they're on six month contracts from what it seems from what this is saying. So six months, 32 to 35 K. Why would you pass it up? If you're going to college, if you're going to college and you, you drop college to go play in the two K league, you're making 32 to 35 K that could pay your tuition and more. I mean, also on top, that's not even all of it. You think like, okay, well, 30, 35 K over six months. How are you going to survive off that? Well, they get health insurance, full coverage and a retirement plan. Housing and relocation costs are covered. So if you're moving just think you don't have to pay rent housing costs, that probably covers food to an extent. And then not to mention if you win a championship, there's a $1 million prize pool spread out over season and playoffs. So on top of your 32 to 35 K, if you're good, you could, you could win a lot of money. And to top it off, the last stat really gets me. These guys are going to be making more than a minimum G league salary. G league. If you're not familiar is the developmental league it used to be called the D league, but now it's the G league it's sponsored by uh, Gatorade. Uh, they're not a paid sponsor of this broadcast. <laughs> but they should pay us. So that really puts it in perspective. Um, the cool thing while I was watching this broadcast today or listening and, and stuff while I was at work, there was a mom on there. Like when a kid got drafted, he, he brought his mom up there and she, and they interviewed him and his mom. And the, the interviewer was like, so I, did you always support him in his gaming endeavors? And she was like, no. <laughs> I mean, what parent wants their kid to spend hours upon hours upon hours of playing games? Um, they'd rather have them go outside and stuff, you know? So she's like, no, I didn't always su support it. But then she's like, but when I noticed how 
how competitive it was and the rewards that it could bring in and knowing how good he has been i you know i can't knock it i can't say no to this this is a great opportunity for him so there are a lot of people out there who do not think video games are a good idea they say they promote violence they promote inactivity in our youth uh and all these things you know <clears throat> welcome to the show andy we're just wrapping things up here in a couple minutes but um people who doubt video games as a career path i get it i definitely do get it i think you should probably pursue education have video games as a side thing if you really enjoy them that much uh, i mean like i have a passion for video video games to the extent that i i play them quite a bit throughout the year but I'm not so serious that I want to make a living doing it. If I could, that would be awesome. And I would totally do it. But that's just not for me. I don't, the, my, the way my life is set up and everything and the, with my certain interests and stuff, it's just not for me. But if you over time get good enough at a certain game or you get good enough at something, why wouldn't you pursue the highest level of doing that thing? Like, you find out you're really good at 2K. You've got a lot of followers on Twitter. Maybe you have a YouTube account. And you you stream on Twitch and you have a lot of people who are your fans. Why wouldn't you take that to the next level to promote your brand, but also get better at a game and earn a lot of money doing it? So I think, you know, I one thing that I did kind of mull over during the draft was like, you know, how much are they taking into account their, their, the, the available players, like what their following is like, um, how much of an entertainer are they? Are they, are they looking at entertainment at all as a quality in these Twitch streamers? Or are they looking for just skill? I mean, obviously I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even say they're all Twitch streamers. Some of them don't probably have never streamed. I would say more than half of them never streamed in their life. They just kind of like play the game a lot and they decided to go to the competitive level. Um, but I wonder how much of it they took into account for that. Like, you know, when they were weighing options, say they had two different players. One of them had a lot of charisma and he had, he had a live Twitch stream and he has a lot of followers. If their skill level is on about the same in terms of numbers and position, uh, things that they're good at in the game, if one has more of a presence online and it's a positive presence with a lot of fans and viewers, it can help grow the fanship or viewership for that certain team. It's a revenue boost. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, if you've put a lot of time into your soon-to-be NBA 2K career, that's probably going to show on that certain resume, on that one resume. There's only 102 players in the world who can call themselves a professional NBA 2K league player now, and I'm excited to see where this thing goes in years to come. So I don't know if you can tell, but I'm excited. <laughs> I am excited about the NBA 2K League. It's going to revolutionize esports as we know it. And I have to say congratulations to the 102 uh, elite players who made that list. Uh, who knows? Maybe in the near future, we could see 180. We could potentially, if all 32, or sorry, if all 30 NBA teams joined the NBA 2K League, that would make it 180 spots available. And that's not to mention if they decide to expand the roster from six to something else. Um, it's also not accounting for like if they decide to do a 2K league in a different continent or like in Europe, something like that. But these are the elite of the elite. 
congratulations to them on getting drafted today. Um, I'm going to be putting together some uh, pages for each of the teams on abstractsports.com, and I'll share it on the social media accounts. Be sure to hit that like button, uh, hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button wherever you are. Um, but do keep in mind, um, we are we did make the switch over to Anchor, so our episodes are going to be uh, cut down to an hour apiece, um, <clears throat> which is totally fine. I think that's a good amount. Um, and also, somewhere down the road, I plan to uh, chop off other sports from this podcast and create a new show that is strictly basketball oriented. And then I'll use the YouTube channel. Uh, I'll, I will grow the YouTube channel by talking about these other sports topics I have insight on uh, and things that you guys like to hear me talk about. So um, without anything else, I mean, if you want to get involved with abstract sports, you can be a writer for our blog at abstractsports.com. You can also have your own show on abstract sports. Uh, just reach out to me, go to abstractsports.com slash contact and let me know uh, how you, if you're interested in getting involved, if you want to discuss that, or if you know what you'd like to do for us, let me know and we can get you going. Um, and one last thing before we go, if you'd like to support the podcast or the the website, uh, beyond being a viewer, listener, or reader, uh, you can go to abstractsports.com slash support and you can make a little donation. What that does is it helps keep the website online, which gives um, Abstract Sports a place for all of our content to live, whether it's the podcast, the articles, um, and also the shop. We're going to eventually put a shop up on there. Um, and, you know, the donations obviously are greatly appreciated. It's mostly to keep the website up, and that's that's it. Um, but we definitely appreciate anything that comes through. Um, so I think that's all I've got for you guys today. Thanks to the, the people who came through and said hello and joined in on the conversation. I really appreciate the support. Um, and uh, we will definitely see you guys next Wednesday. Um, at least I'm pretty sure. I don't think there's anything in my schedule. So plan on an episode next Wednesday. You'll see us for episode 45, April 11th. That will be the last day of the NBA season. At that point, we'll give you guys a good recap um, at the playoff picture and where teams are going to fall at the end of the night that night. So thanks again for showing up. We'll see you next week. And, uh, yeah, we love you guys. Peace out.